Washington Avenue Baptist Church, this is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. It's beautiful outside. Amen? The sun is shining. It's warm finally. And you know what? The sun is going to be shining here in the house of God this morning. we got to give Him some praise this morning. Our God is good. Amen? Our God is awesome. Amen? Our God is able. Amen? And not only that, He's given us the victory. He is in control of this world. And I know right now, as we look at the news, as we're watching online, as we're watching what's happening with other countries, we think, oh my goodness, everything's falling apart. You know what, Christian? Don't you be discouraged. You be encouraged. Our redemption is drawing nigh. Let me tell you something else. This world isn't falling apart. It's falling into place. There's nothing that catches our God by surprise. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. The problem is that we want to step out of his will. Let's get ourselves back into his will, get back into his house, get back into his plan, and we'll find ourselves being used by God once again. Do you want revival? If you want revival, get yourself back into the word of God. Get yourself back into God's will. Get yourself back into the spirit of God, and we'll have revival. Amen? It's time for us to do that again. For us to get into the house of God. So if you're watching online this morning, we want to welcome you, but we want to encourage you to get here in God's house. Now I know there's some of you at home who are sick, some of you who have been through some procedures that can't be here. Well, I know you'll be here as soon as you get. But if you've been sitting at home saying, I just can't find that right church. I just can't find that right place for me. You know what you need to do? You need to open up your Bible and you need to go to the church that preaches the Bible teaches the Bible, believes the Bible, all they do is hold on to the Bible, and that's the church you need to be at. You need to get there. One that believes God's Word. That's the problem in the world today. Either you believe God's Word or you don't. It comes down to either God's Word is inerrant or God's Word is traditional. Well, here at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church, God's Word is inerrant. It is inspired. It is infallible. And we will not step away from all right. You're visiting with us this morning. We want to welcome you as well and ask you to fill out the little visitor card. We'll find a form. You place an offering plate to come around so we can have a record of your visit. We would greatly appreciate that. In the meantime, I have several announcements I want to share with you. Number one, you've been watching the news. You've seen about the earthquake in Syria. Understand the death toll is over 62,000. We need to be in prayer about that. I'm sorry. Either way, that is a staggering amount. Please be in prayer about that. I understand the United States military are being uh, right now sent out to go on a humanitarian mission to help get out cadavers uh, and survivors. So please be in prayer for that. Uh, I'm sure there will be all kinds of mission agencies opening soon. And God speaks to you about going. We want to help you with that. We want to pray with you about that. We want to support you with that if we can. So please. Open your heart, open your mind to that. And it's true, Father God, does that. The third thing I want to bring to your mind is uh, I know you've been watching the news and the tribalism has been over our country. I know, I don't want to go there. I just want to address the elephant in the room. There's no tribalism about the Navy Baptist Church. What there is, is the Holy Spirit. And he is watching, and he is here, and so we need to welcome him with our hearts into our lives and into our spirit. And not only do we need to here in the Spirit. We need to take the Spirit with us wherever we go. Amen? 
so keep those things in mind for now. All right, what's happened in the Robert Kennedy Baptist Church? Well, I'm so glad you asked about that. Uh, number one, and it's very important that we take it to you. do not get a video statement. And if you're doing that, Monica is here today, and she has this video statement with her. She'll be able to give those to you in your hand. Or if you want to come out of the office through the week, you can pick it up through there, or you can send a request to the office. You can call in, you can send a text to me or Monica, or you can email me and say, hey, mail it to me. Interested in them, we will file them away for the year, and then of course we'll have to pick them up and also do the things for that. All right, so those giving statements are available. Uh, I do have some numbers, and I'm going to ask you guys to share those. And you want to do okay, so I have some numbers from uh, 2022 Operation 65 I want to share with you. So, uh, cause the toolbox to reflect, and you know, we support that ministry not only prayerfully, we support them financially, not only financially. Physically, not only physically, uh, we became involved in that toolbox ministry. It's a new, new, new ministry. Stop praying about what God would have us do in 2023. I'm thinking great things are going to happen. I'm already excited about the toolbox ministry. The bad news is I did not get to go to Dallas this year, but I bet you in 2023 I get to go. So uh, we're hoping to be able to do that. So somebody's often asked, how many toolboxes did we collect? Well, here's the number 20. If you look at your book, you have the slide. You'll find out that worldwide, the American Purse collected 10 million 599,907 boxes. Yes, praise God. And so that one two box, you said, I don't know if they got it or not. Well, you're one of those last seven, amen. <laughs> yes, they got it. The United States, listen to this. Now, this right here is phenomenal. Out of that 10 million 599,907, the United States provided. Yeah, praise God. Uh, this Texas, Louisiana area, we gave 820,198. The Temple, Temple Drop Off Collection Center, 17,382 of those boxes. You were a part of that. Copper Cove Drop Off at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church, we collected 1,617 two boxes. Praise God. Yes, blessed be the name of the Lord. And your church, Robinson Avenue Baptist Church, you are responsible all by yourselves. You, God, the Holy Ghost, y'all put together 471 two boxes at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our God is good. Woo, church coming up March 28th. Uh, hope we'll be having this annual uh, life celebration banquet. Thank you. 
important for us to talk about. All right. Uh, if you'll take a look inside of your bulletin, we have another announcement I want to share with you. This is coming up on February 19th, so next Sunday. Next Sunday, we will not have any Sunday evening services. Uh, the reason why is because we will be attending our uh, United Baptist Association of Texas annual meeting. So this is something we do every year in support of that. So if you're going, all you've got to do would be nice if you let me or my office know so we can send in the numbers so that they want to make sure they have plenty of food for everybody who's coming. That meal will be at 445. We're going to meet here right back here at 3. We're going to carpool and or caravan out of here or convoy out of here, however you want to call it. And we'll drive up to First Baptist Church Rogers. It's about an hour drive. It's not a real far drive. It's not really, it's not unpleasant at all. It's kind of boring if you ever driven 116 North and gets a little old. I drove it for 10 years. But anyway, uh, so we'll be going up that way. If you're interested in that, like I said, let me and Monica know. Hopefully, uh, by uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow, so that we can get that number in. The first Baptist Church Rogers, they can have a place for you. That meal will be at 445. The business meeting will follow. And then, of course, that will follow with the worship service. It's going to be a good one. We'll have uh, guest singers coming in, and they're going to have a guest preacher coming in during the revival-style meeting. So uh, if you're interested in that, I want you to come here. Let us know. We'll carpool. Convoy or wherever the case may be to get up there. So that is going to be an interesting time. With that being said, today at 4 o'clock, our ministry team will be meeting uh, in the Hogan Admin Building. And of course, we need to start getting ready for next Saturday. Next Saturday at 4 today, uh, on February 18th, 7 a.m., we'll have the prayer breakfast. The 18th, the ministry team will be meeting at 10 30. And then, of course, we will follow next week around the 24th and 26th. Our youth group will be leaving out for our winter camp. So something to think about, something to start training about uh, in that. Of course, we'll have upcoming youth uh, events scheduled coming out as well from March. So get ready for that as well. All right. Unless there's any other announcements I've forgotten, I think that's it. That's the good news. Yes, choir practice today is 4, 4.30. Choir practice today is 4.30 in the choir. Again. Thank you, Brother Mark. So, all right, Brother Mark, will be leaving us today in uh, Brother Robert's Let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's be praised to see life what we want to Father, come to that Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for being in the house this morning. Please bless us today. Please touch us with your spirit, Lord. In your hand, be felt upon us, Lord God, so we will know that you're with us, that you will never leave us or forsake us. And I pray, Lord God, that as we move even now, Lord, from prayer time into worship time, that we would begin worshiping you. That we would lay down any care, any concern, anything, Lord, that comes between us and you. That today would be the day, Father God, that we just let it go and worship. I pray, Father God, that as we worship you, we would experience you, we would see you, Lord God, we hear from you. As we look into your word, Father God, as you teach us, edify us, equip us, Father. And I pray that we glorify the name of Jesus. Be with those who are out, Lord, those who are sick and those who are home, Lord, we cover them. Let them know their love, their praise, and their uh, midst. And I pray, Father God, we bring this to you back to Go with us now to our time of worship. May your name be glorified. All of you, Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all please rise and welcome one another.
accepts it from the Athena. Well, good morning. Such a pleasure and a wonder, wonderful blessing to see each and every one of you. Um, before I begin, though, I want to ask you a question. You ever had one of those monkey tongue twisters? I ain't going through that at the moment because I just can't finish the word. I can't get the right word out sometimes. You ever had that? On top of that, things just fall out of your hands for no reason. I know you know what I'm talking about. I go through it about once a year. I call it that clumsy month, and that's what I'm going through. My wife calls it the more she hurts. It is uh, there with all my boys. It's there with everything. You know, it's just, just going to happen. It's going to happen to us. So, uh, with that in mind, it's kind of like Murphy's Law. You ever heard of Murphy's Law? Some of y'all say, yeah, 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 Murphy's Law. But we don't believe in Murphy's Law. We're Christians after all. I do believe in Cole's Law. Though. Okay, what's Cole's Law? Well, it's Finley's Five Savage. Praise the Lord. Uh, so, I wonder if you might humor me. I'm wondering if you might pull up in your Google search engine something that last little tad in the sound booth. If you don't ever get to know our sound booth people, I'm going Standing in the secretary at the back is one of our deacons, Next to him, yes, amen, amen, wonderful job. Next to him is Reed Wiseman, who is in our youth group, who's also running slides for us this morning. So, yes, uh, our sound booth has taken from the youth and given them jobs to do. Next to Reed, you'll find C.D. Uh, Burroughs. Uh, he's our graphic response director. He's also our audiovisual director. He's outstanding job in the family here there. In front of him is Michael Rash, and he is working the sound booth this morning with the sound board. So if I get too loud, it's Michael's fault. <coughs> and next to him is my fourth son, Jonathan, running the camera. And I think that just like his dad, he's got to stand on a block. They just gave me the look like, why? Why did you do this? So they, they do an outstanding job, and I asked them to do something different uh, this morning. And I want you to humor me just a little bit. And before we go any further, can I ask you a question? And I want you to answer honestly. How many of you trust Jesus? So people out there saying, no, 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 but I'm, I'm, look, you know, we may not trust him, but how many of us use Google to answer questions? We do. Google, take me home. Google, I want to go here. Google, 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 Google. Google. It's got an apple. It's serious, you know. So, um, or you might have named it something else. But either way, uh, we trust it a little more than we should. In fact, uh, we treat it sometimes like it's a friend. We talk to it as though it's an actual personality or uh, an actual person. It's not. So, if you were to pull out your phone, and I've asked you to do that, I'd like for you to type into your search engine. Before I actually type this with you, I want to give a word of explanation. Uh, someone spoke to me a little bit about Google this past week, and they said, Pastor, you trust Google? I said, not really. Uh, I know they have all kinds of problems, and I know that they're, they've gone broke, and they have. And, but I want you to be aware of what your children are learning in school, because they use Google and things like that to answer their questions. In fact, if you were to answer, uh, if you were to speak to some of our YouTube today, so how did you do the math problem? They said, Google. Or Siri or Alexis or something like that. 
most of you use Google in that. So let's type a common question that's out there nowadays. I want you to type this with me. Uh, I want you to type, who can menstruate? I know you don't like that. That's because that was, that was a debate on the radio, and you may have heard it. That was a debate uh, throughout the years. And I'd like you to see what answer Google brings up. Who can menstruate? They are crazy. So I want to read to you Google's answer here. You can actually see it up on the screen there. It says, having a period is not a feminine thing. I mean, I was, I was, like, for me to be flabbergasted, that's something. I am never speechless. I always have something to say. Having a period is not a feminine thing. And people of all genders menstruate. Excuse me? Including non-binary people, agender people, and even plenty of men, it says. Plenty of men. This is Google. This is what your children are using to answer their homework. If we even find homework anymore. And you know what? They do it subtly. It's easy. It's snuck in. It's brought in so that your family, your children, will turn around and say a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. That's the debate that's happening right now. I want you to know something. Are you ready for this? And I need you to listen to me real quickly now. The debate we're having in the United States of America isn't Democrat, Republican, or Independent. The debate we're having in the United States is not whether it's China, whether it's red or dead or Russia. The debate we're having, the fight we're in, the battle we're in right now is do we believe the Word of God? That is the battle we're having. And it's a battle for our soul. It's a battle for our churches. It's a battle for our children. And they are sneaking everything in. And you have got to be aware which one is on. Is not in copper stove? Yes, in copper stove. Yes, in copper stove. Homosexuality and agender. I don't know what you call it. A plus one plus two minus three. Genderism is everywhere. It's all over the place. In fact, I took it a step further. So I asked Google, can you define menstruation? Type in menstruation and find out what happens next. I think this is funny because they haven't even got all the definitions set yet. Remember, who can menstruate? A man or a woman can. Now, this is the definition of menstruate. The process in a woman. process in a woman. I don't think I need to finish the definition for you. But it was brought in suddenly, just like the serpent going into the garden of Eden. It said, hey, did God really change it? Did God really mean that? So I think we need to be aware of that. As parents, as grandparents, as uncles, as aunts, big brothers and sisters, we need to learn to love and protect our children what they're fighting. Can I say something else? One hour in the church a week is not going to last compared to the 80 hours they get of this a week. Think about it. Think about what they're going against. Get involved, Mom and Dad, and what your children are watching and learning. So this morning's message is entitled The Finger of God. Finger of God. And you know, I was so proud of Robert Dad Baptist Church. I've been here about 9 o'clock this morning and not one person has mentioned one thing about that speaker. 
<laughs> he said, you ruined it. You know why? No one cares, really, because the cowboys aren't playing. <laughs> the finger of God. The title of this morning's message. And so, I want to ask you to turn to please in your Bible to the book of Exodus. And as we're in Exodus, we'll start there. Uh, you need to be aware that there are several mentions of the finger of God in the Bible. Several mentions. We're just going to look at a few of these points. I'm going to move quickly my intention to let you out a little bit early today, but it's also my intention to ask God to speak to you, to draw you to Him, so that if you need to know Jesus, personal Lord Savior, if you need to get your walk by this God, you can do that. Before we go any further, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Father, thank you now in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for your word. As we look into it, would you speak? Would you teach us? Would you take charge? That if there be one, Father God, just one of you, or if there be many, Lord God, that need to come to know you. Or if there be one, Lord, that needs to return home. Or there be many that need to come home. And let today be that day. We want to praise you, bless you, and give you all the glory we can have in Jesus' name. Now, there are several mentions of the finger of God in the Bible. In fact, it's all throughout Scripture to know what you're looking at. But just right off the top of your head, can you remember any biblical events about the finger of God? I don't answer out loud. Just off the top of your head, can you think about some of those events about the finger of God. Some of you might be thinking about the most famous one. I believe the most famous one. I think that most people think of the prophet Daniel's account of the finger of God more than any other. You might not actually read that verbology, finger of God, but you read about the finger writing in the wall. That you write a very special, very powerful message. The name, the name, uh, Ufarsi Tekel or Tekel Ufarsi. And so, a very powerful message to that king. I think that's what most people like to think of the finger of God. Well, we're going to look this morning at the finger of God in three different ways. And as we look at those ways, I want to remind you that, can I get the next slide, please? Next, that, that is not the one we're looking for. That is not the finger of God we're looking for. Though most of us, most of us would say, man, that, that is, that's a neat thing to go through. That's the 16th chapter. Um, and so, you notice uh, on my left, So there's some neat thoughts into that. Uh, if you're a, a theological mind about the work of God that's not ours, and that's true. About how God wants us to be with Him, that's true. And how we are depraved and we don't even know what we're missing. And I think that's true as well. I think this is one of the prettiest uh, artworks in the world. I love it, and I love it dearly, and I think it's neat to be admired. But this is not the finger of God that we're looking at. Neither is this one right here. Yeah. Had to go and ruin it with the Philadelphia Eagles' phone finger, didn't I? That's not the finger we're looking for either. Incidentally, you don't want to put finger in your Google search engine. I'm telling you right now. You will come up with some things you do not want to see. Finding this, however, was actually going to take me hard. Yeah, they actually put in there. I need a phone finger with Philadelphia Eagles. And they were like, nobody wants it. said to Moshe, so the Lord said to Moses, say to Aharon, say to Aaron, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it may become light throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so. So Aaron stretched out
out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became life on man and beast. All the dust of the land became life throughout all the land of Egypt. And take a look at this verse 18. Now the magicians, and I want to give you a word of clarification, magicians here in our book of Exodus means just that. These are sorcerers. These are soothsayers. These are people who practice witchcraft, right? Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth life that they could not. So there were life on man and beast. 19, when the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the kingdom of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he did not see them as the Lord had said. Now, to be fair, throughout the ten plagues, and that was one of them that we just took a look at, the ten plagues, and we're going to be looking at those in detail as Passover gets closer and closer and closer to us. Uh, we'll be looking at those ten plagues in there, uh, but this is one of those plagues, and often the magicians, the Pharaoh's sorcerers, would try to mimic God, try to ape God, and try to uh, find out how God did it, and they would turn around to Pharaoh and say, hey, this is the kingdom of God. And this is the magicians of Pharaoh would attempt to mimic what God had always done, and they would proclaim this is the kingdom of God. We talked about it a second ago. And this is going to bring us to our first point this morning. And of course, as you probably know, you should be as excited about church as you are about the Super Bowl. So when your pastor, Brother Josh, makes a great point this morning, do not pour Gatorade on my head. As this says right here, pour Gatorade over his head. And so please don't do that. So I had to find something equal. There was the Philadelphia Eagles foam finger, and now we have the Kansas City Chiefs getting Gatorade dumped on them. And so uh, that might be a prediction of who I think is going to win as well. Um, you say, do you think um, Kansas is going to win? Actually, I don't. I think Philadelphia is going to win. Am I going to watch it? No, I will be here tonight. Instead. Remember now, those magicians attempted to mimic God. They did. They attempted to mimic God. And they ended up declaring that this is the secret of God. So that begs the question this morning, begs us to ask, what can we learn from that? You can learn a lot from things. There's a lot. Let me tell you, fingers got all kinds of body language. If I were to stand here and do this, you say, what are you, what are you pointing at? What are you pointing at? When your mama pointed at you, you know exactly what she meant. When your dad did a little finger shake, you knew what that meant. Let me tell you, uh, we can learn a lot from fingers. You ever seen someone speaking to you and the fingers went like this? That means I'm closing up. I'm not really listening. I want this over. You ever seen fingers like this? What does that mean? That means I'm expressing all of me or I'm welcoming, welcoming all of me. Body language. You can learn a lot from fingers. These magicians ended up declaring to Pharaoh, this is Well, I think it's only fair that we would examine some of the magicians, perhaps some of their motives, and let's use that word lightly. Magicians try to copy what God did. We know that from Scripture. They try to do what God did. They try to make life. We put that out there in our Exodus chapter 8. Scripture says they could not do it. So there's two reasons for that. Number one, they were attempting to reverse what God did. In other words, if, if we can make it, then perhaps we know how to unmake it. Or, 
wind blew in and brought all the light. You ever heard things like that? A wind blew and separated the Red Sea. You heard things like that? You heard this one. Well, it really wasn't the Red Sea. It was a sea of reeds and probably about three or four foot deep. So it's not really a, a big miracle that God uh, was able to separate the sea. Let me tell you what a big miracle is. If it's true that God took Israel through John the and he drowned all the Egyptians in the Sea of Reeds. And I think the biggest miracle would be that God drowned all those Egyptians in the Sea of Water. And the horses. Let me tell you, that's a miracle. God can do anything. So these magicians are trying to copy what God did. And I believe, in my thoughts, in my way of thinking, that they were attempting one, reverse what God did, and those I can find out how God did it, that I can undo what God did. And you know, that's happening in the church today. That's happening in society today. They want to try to explain what God did. They want to try to make sense out of something that already makes sense. Listen to me now for just a second. Are you ready for this? The finger of God literally means it's something only God can do. Can I get an amen on that this morning? That's what it means. God did it. No one else can do it. So quit trying because only God can do it. Let me tell you some of the things that only God can do. Only God can make life. Amen? Only God can create. Only God can reach into nothing, grab a hold of nothing, make something, and then make it alive. That's our God. That's how powerful He is. These magicians were trying to mimic that. They tried to reach into a bowl of whatever they got and tried to make life. Can you imagine these idiots sitting around Pharaoh saying, Hey, I got a bowl of dust. Let me get some chopsticks and see if we can start spitting in it or start crying in it or start pouring some water in it and see if we can make some life out of it. Oh, you know what? We got a bowl of mud. We got a bowl of mud. And they said, You know what? We declare in our infinite wisdom that only God can do this. It sounds like today's scientists, doesn't it? It sounds like them saying, well, you know what? Mankind didn't really get created by God. We climbed out of a lake from a fish. Let me tell you something. They're trying to explain the way that God did. This is finger of God. And so what we need to learn from that this morning, that creation is the work of God. Our God created it, and His genius shows its evident wherever you look, from the beauty of the sunset to the glory of the sun rising up in the morning. Our God reigns, and He declared it, He decreed it, and it's still happening today. Yet we try to explain it away. We try to explain it away. It's like looking at this church and saying there was no building there. Look at this building all around you. Like that, we have this law. It's got its problems. But to say it had no building is irrelevant. It had buildings. And in some cases, several buildings. No one's ever heard Several buildings. But to say it had none, because you can't see them, drop them, drop them, or take them. And look into our creation today to see the beauty of God's creation the genius of his handiwork to understand that he created man in his own image. That he made our wildlife come up from the ground. That he brought forth sea creatures, both great and small. That he brought forth grass and trees. And that he even brought forth those bugs that were his creation. 
Sam's drink? Maybe. Would you put lotion on just in the for far more of the time? Ooh. They really come up with powder. But sometimes the snow is still around. I don't know who got the idea of you, right? <laughs> My goodness. Moses, which is now Moses, held in his hand, two tablets. 
God wrote out what was on them for us to follow, us to have the treasure, for us to experience God's will. Be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck. And he 
third ruler in the kingdom. Verse 8, Now all the king's wise men came, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled. His countenance was changed, and his lords were astonished. King Belshazzar had made a feast. The Bible tells us he was feeding a thousand of his lords. He's drinking with them. On top of that, his wives are there. His concubines are there. And so he's having a party going on. And in this party, he is praising his idols. He brings out the silver and gold cups from the temple of Jerusalem. Remember, they had destroyed Jerusalem. And he brings it out as a picture of their strength over God. Took out the force from Jerusalem as a picture that he and his gods were superior and mightier than Jehovah. Belshazzar then saw the finger of God right. The Bible says it's fingers of a man's head, and I'm one of those that happens to believe that when we come across something like that, he saw the very hand of the God man, Jesus Christ. We get two old cliches now from this story. We get two of them. And there's two you need to be aware of for King Belshazzar experiences both of them. Number one, if you ever said this before, the writing is on the wall. That's where that comes from. Belshazzar saw the writing on the wall. He didn't know what it meant, but he knew what it meant. You know what I mean? How many of you know when someone says, I need to see you, I need to talk to you, and out of a sudden, that big balloon starts growing in your stomach, that troublesome thought starts growing in the back of your head, and you know, even though you don't know what it's about, you know what it's about. That was King Belshazzar. He began to be troubled. He began to be anxious. He began to be frightened and to be scared because he saw the writing on the wall. And every time we say that, it's a reference to the writing on the wall. In fact, we know what was written on the wall. It was an interesting and wonderful description. Mine, mine, Kiklu Farson, meaning you've been waved, you've been found wanting, and tonight it's over for you. And Jesus will play on that later on in his Gospels when he says to the rich man, Tonight thy life shall be demanded of thee. Then who shall all these things be? The other one that he gets, the king goes to God, I'm so afraid. My Bible says he took me to, and his knees began to knock together. He got so scared, his knees not together. You ever been that way before in your life? If you haven't, then you have not been in a maximum security position. That will happen. So scared his knees began knocking together. When you see the fingers of God working in your life or somebody else's life, it's going to do one or two things. One, it's going to encourage you. Or two, it's going to frighten you. And the question I have for you this morning is if God were to start writing right now on the walls of Robinson Avenue Baptist Church, what would he write about you? Would it scare you? Or would he encourage you? Incidentally, you've already seen Pharaoh and his magicians. Now you're seeing Belshazzar and his magicians. Are you beginning to see something here? Are you beginning to see a pattern about maybe what it takes to actually see God's finger? You know what? Seeing God's finger isn't always a good thing. Seeing God's finger isn't always a beautiful thing. Identifying where God's finger has been is beautiful. Knowing that God has done things is beautiful. But getting up and defying God to the point where He puts His finger in your face is something you need to be afraid of. Are you beginning to see something here? Pharaoh's magician and King Belshazzar? Both of these were attempting to show superiority over God. 
Both of them were. And I believe with all of my heart that right now our current society is attempting to show superiority over God by saying that you can be a woman if you believe, you can be a man if you believe, you evolved from some kind of monkey or ape because you came out of some primordial soup. some of the previous stories that God does to do right. How does he do right? He does he does the wall, he does the rock. In fact, the New Testament reader, and I hope you pray that you are, you realize he writes on stone, he writes on walls, and he writes on hearts. So let's keep it clean. That's the mistake we said earlier. So, with that knowledge now, God and his kingdom, God's writing, They said tested them that they might have something to do of which they accused them. So Jesus took down and wrote on the ground with his finger. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let us throw a stone at the place. And again, he took down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one.
depending on what you think about nowadays, means knowledge. With knowledge. With knowledge. Remember now, today's science says that a man can be a woman if he wants to be, and a woman can be a man. I don't know if that's knowledge. With that being said, the word what he wrote there. And there's all kinds of theories and all kinds of neat stories, all kinds of things that relate it back to the apostles and all kinds of things that write it back. But I'm going to tell you what the scripture says. The scripture says they were convicted in their conscience. And we know from Romans 6 that God writes, not just on the walls, but it's on the stone. It's on the heart. It's on the heart. And they began to read, my Bible says, He is 
love to look at them like that if you really search the bride of Christ. Amen? We're a woman. Amen? And you know what? We've been in adultery for years. But I want you to know that one of these days, the Son of God is going to come back, stab his church by the head, and say, Woman, where are thine accusers? We're going to be with him forever. But we need to start taking that advice. Go and sin no more. Where are your accusers? Oh, I love what Jesus said. But do we ever say they have accused me? Not one of those self-righteous, zealous, Jewish, religious, pious, perfect, Moses walking. Not a one of them. Not a one of them was hanging around to accuse. Remember what the Bible